Action Park Media. All right, welcome to Ramble On, the official <laughs> podcast of the unofficial television show. We're back after a four-week hiatus because Foxman's been around the world yeah. making money while I'm starving in Los Angeles. And 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 by the way, mass shootings within 40 yards of my house, and it's not even on the news. So, uh, What do you mean it's not on the news? It's like an unknown story. We've had three mass shootings in California in the last week. Two of them are... We're on the national news every yes. five seconds for two weeks. Yes. This one is basically evaporated. We're talking a shooting in Beverly Hills. Four people killed. Three people in yeah, critical seven, seven condition. Seven people were shot, right? Seven people shot. And I can't find any information. Normally, like, they bring the police chief on. He tells you whether there's an active shooter, whether you should be concerned. And um, so... The next day after this, like we wake up to seven people are shot within. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking 40 yards from my house. I did not hear the bullets, but whatever. But the next day, I start getting citizen alerts that there's a pursuit and a break in at the same house where the shootings happened. And um, I then hear outside of my house, besides the helicopters, I hear the police say, Come out with your hands up now. Now I have Sarah and the baby literally get in the bathtub. And, Ooh. and uh, you know, not, not for weird things, Ted. This is for <laughs> protection. Get in the bathtub. The, what's the bathtub going to do for you? <laughs> if bullets fly through the window, that's the only place where maybe they're not going to hit somebody. And I'm oh. not being funny. When I hear someone shot seven people the day before, I'm assuming there's wait, a shooter. Wait, so let me understand something. So I, I think I didn't understand this the other day when it was occurring. They Somebody attempted to break into the house where I the shootings occurred the night before? I have no idea what happened. Oh. It, in citizen that there's a break That's in. crazy. Then I hear sirens going. Then I hear helicopters going. Then I hear, come out with your hands up. Yes. I get my gun. Yep. I, I saw, get my I two saw the, German I saw shepherds. The pictures. And just so you know, I'm, a, I'm an anti-gun person who now has three because this place is not safe. And everybody can start saying what I want. Seth Rogen go, oh, it's just part of this living in the city. Break-ins, murders, everything else. It's a fucking mess out here. And I've lived in that house for eight years. Never felt unsafe. Sonny Corleone, James Kahn, lived in the house for 20 years before me. It was the safest neighborhood. Now, th that's the third death in the last, I think, year. And I have no idea what's happening. They won't give any answers whether, again, like I said, is there an active shooter? Is there a suspect? Should we, should we lock our doors? Should is there we an apprehension of a suspect? I haven't heard anything. So anyway, really? the helicopters evaporated, and it went silent, and... Nothing. I can't find anything on the news. Well, maybe they, they got the suspect and took them in. And nobody reports it. Yes, thank I you. Guess. I guess. For some reason, you're defending I the guess. media that does not want no, I, I mean, not I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of ridiculous. I know it is. I'm not, I wasn't yeah. looking for you to say anything. They didn't right. apprehend a suspect. Otherwise, I'm assuming they would put it on the news that someone who killed, shot seven people was arrested. But yeah, there's you, been a couple of crazy things happening here in the last month, for sure. What, what, what does that mean? What are you saying? Well, I mean, we've had two mass shootings outside of that. Okay, those two mass shootings within five minutes, we knew who the suspects were. We knew that they were uh, – one was a disgruntled employee. I don't know what happened with the other. This, There's nothing. Nobody's got any information on to, okay, what's happening here? Someone – you know, targeting people in uh, in Beverly Hills or what? I don't know. I mean, the the last I'd heard it, and and this is – I wouldn't call it a common thing, but I've heard about it multiple times already in the last probably two years since COVID happened. People are sort of renting these Airbnbs. Like, that's a big popular thing to do here in L.A. is people rent out a house in the hills and as people. an Airbnb, and they host parties. So that's what happened. So apparently there was a shooting at this this – latest party it's happened before though it's you're not talking about my neighborhood so that's the one the one that occurred so with you the have seven this people. information so. that 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 i that i had heard i i didn't hear anything about okay. the suspect okay. the next what, day what or i know something for in sure your, is in your four people were shot sitting in their car so this wasn't like a fight happened at a party someone broke out a gun and started shooting people someone drove up and shot seven people and drove away so this was clearly again i'm no police officer investigative some type of targeted situation of some kind. Wow. Anyway, it would be nice if the news covered the story and gave me some information so I could know whether it's whether I need to walk the streets with my AK-47 and my Dave, German maybe shepherds. you can call KTLA real quick. I called KTLA. Out. I know someone at KTLA. Nothing. They said nothing. I'm like, why are you not covering this? What, like, How is this not a major story? And what is the problem? Why does this narrative not fit whatever stories? Yeah, are they asked to be, are, are they being asked to downplay uh, 
local violence and things I, like that? I did that? not get any information about it, but I, mm. I, I, I don't know. So anyway, news from us, we, we, we have some updates on the show, which we'll get into, uh, but, um, you know, that's what people have been texting me. They would like to hear the podcast. So we actually have people who want to hear this. Text. Yep, so, I've, I've gotten a number of messages over the last couple of weeks as well. Wow, that's very exciting. I so. told you. I, 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 I said it was, not, it, was, it, was, it was nice to see, you know, that our fans are interested. So Fans? You think you have fans? I think we have fans. Okay. I think we have people who are avid listeners of the show and want to want to hear what's going on All in right. our lives so, and with the show. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with these things. We haven't sold the show yet. No. Ted's money is not back. No. Um, and, you know, but we have a, a tremendous amount of anxiety on this. And you know what Sarah does? I've told Sarah many times, don't, don't give me grief and anxiety before bed. That's not the time to, to start serious conversation. You know what For, she starts last night while la, I'm in, in la, mid-rem? Last night? Where, what, mid-rem. what happened? Who, who's going to be the guardians? God forbid something happens to uh, Isabella. Now, I'm in this situation now where... Well, nothing's going to happen to Isabella. It would be something yes. happening to you guys. Uh, yes. I did Do find I... an article in the New York Times about your neighborhood. Okay, Dave. Is this from four days ago or is it today? It's from the 28th. Okay, how does that help me? Today is the 1st, I believe. What's the date? 31st. Today's the 31st. That's great, Dave. You're really, really <laughs> breaking the thing. Do they have a suspect? Do they have any? I read that article. It's nothing. So anyway, I knew seven people were shot. Yes. I already know that. I don't need the New York Times to tell me. I need to know who did it and if there's any... And if they've been apprehended. Yes. Or if they're like hiding in the bushes because I don't know what happened yesterday. <laughs> I heard the police say, come out with your hands up. No, that was, think... what, what, that was Saturday, right? Uh, either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. I, I okay. don't know. You would think that the news would have covered if they apprehended a guy who shot seven people so there's and murdered four. And by the way, I don't even know the condition of the other people who are in cr- critical condition. But great, great update, Dave. All right. And also, we have to be careful because there's one lunatic who thinks like, like we pick on Dave or something, and I don't know if that's victory or here or whatever, but Dave is one of the happiest people in the world. He's uh, Dave, do you enjoy your time at Action Park Media? Yeah, I do. You don't sound thrilled, Dave, but you know, do, do you find that I cause any of your hardships? At Not at all. Okay, None. Thank you. So tell well, the people. There you have it. Okay. But um, so what were we talking about before that big news update came you, in? You were just talking about uh, whether we have fans, whether they want to hear it. You don't even the, remember what the show. Talking. There was something else we were talking about. Selling the show. Oh, so, no, we were talking about and, Sarah. Oh, and Sarah asking about uh, the Guardian. Yeah, guardianship. Yeah. And she says to me, she says, what do you think about the Foxmans? I said, <laughs> I said, are you out of your mind? And I thought, really? like, here's a good thing. The, sh- the show is dead. So is Doug. Ted, here's a child to raise for the next day. Well, it's an awesome consolation prize. It's yeah. like uh, it's like when you used to win the the, the monopoly set on uh, bozo buckets instead of the bike <laughs> instead of the Schwinn bike. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, you, you know didn't what, sell Sarah? your script. You lost millions. Hey, like, have a baby. <laughs> like you, you, uh, you know, that is. Um, and by the way, I'm not. Um, by the way, that's that's very nice. Like I'm very flattered and honored by. And by that. the way, I'm not uh, petitioning for you to, to be these people. I'm if you saying... said if you said you need somebody to raise your child, <laughs> God, I would be honored to do that. For wow, you. that's incredible. So maybe Sarah was right to talk about this. I mean, I said, our kids are moving out. Yeah. By the point, way, Ted has four children. Over. Yeah. <laughs> and and when I said Sarah was pregnant, you know, a lot of people go congratulations. Ted said, "Are you a fucking idiot?" No. <laughs> He didn't really say that. But, uh, but my point is, is not a lot of men hitting 50 are anxious to have their own children, let alone take somebody else's child. In. No, I mean, I, I, uh, if you're asking me, do I want to do that? I, the answer is <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not trying to volunteer for it. But, no. but if you said, hey, we trust you with our child, and if something were to happen, we, we could really use somebody that we know would be taking care of her, I would absolutely do it because the reality is, is that, uh, Raising a kid is a very difficult choice. We struggled with that, and we had we had our parents around and everybody else when when the kids were younger. Um, ultimately, I don't even remember who we settled on because it was almost twenty years ago at this point. But uh, it's a very like sort of tough decision. Would you find? And by the way, like every every couple weeks, something would happen in the relationship with those people, and you're like, change the papers. <laughs> <laughs> would you finance the child? Is the real question. With your with the money you leave behind, absolutely. <laughs> See, that's what the sickest part is. I mean, Ted would raise my beautiful, amazing baby daughter and look at her. By the way, because if I died and and soon, this would obviously affect the show. 
God, God willing, the yeah, show. Yeah, we would definitely have somewhere. to find somebody else. So to then, write. can you imagine every time Isabella did something wrong, and your fucking father made that show that went nowhere, and now I got to pay for fucking In and Out Burger? Are you out of your See, mind? See, that's not the way I would look at it at all. Well, I'm glad you volunteered because it I would feel I would feel terrible losing you guys. Uh, <laughs> is that is that a scenario where you're both gone, or is it like it, you could be in a vegetative state where I could I could bring her to come visit you? Uh, do you remember the Seinfeld where they have to fill out their living wills and like uh, the George? has to make decisions on uh okay you can i forgot oh, yeah, what it was the pl- pulling the plug was the uh, yeah but it was like they were really episode. funny scenarios yeah. about you can chew food but you can't digest <laughs> yeah, yeah. it or something like yeah. that but but uh it is it is one of the things and as a, a neurotic jewish man i you know when i had my first children it was like and then, like you said, I was much younger. So my parents were young. My ex-wife's yeah, parents were young. Yeah, of course. But it still was an absolutely horrific discussion and yeah. thoughts and what do you do? And and then you start judging the people. Like, like if this happened, every time I'm with you, I'd be like, you know what? I, I just Ted's parenting style does not does not meet my, I'm not saying no that's what it is but you, you, you sit him. there and you judge every that's why I yeah. said it, like every three weeks you're like oh change change yeah. the will like you're we're out. changing the decision you're yeah. out yeah and then we get in a fight you and I get in a fight you're out you're not <laughs> you're gonna not raise the, my child if I'm the father anymore state. I can so, be the backup yeah. <laughs> oh god uh, this thing just went sideways I fast am, I, it, it is so <laughs> horrible to even think about uh, this and you would think like I'd be able to call Connolly and have a conversation with him like Kev you know, listen, I, I want, I want, which I'm going to talk about this on Victory as well and see the differences because you just, I want everyone who's listening out there, our fans, because Ted claims we have fans. For someone to volunteer for that is, I mean, it, it is, and I'm again, I'm, I'm not suggesting that this is an occurrence because I have no idea. I really do have to think about where I'm going with this because it's very scary and a horrible thought, but you do have to think about it. But the someone to volunteer that, by the way, without discussing it with their wife, <laughs> it's true. I know, I know how my wife would feel about it. Well, I can speak. I we, can speak. We, we for, may for get her. into serious conversations about this, but I have to live, and um, <laughs> uh, you know, we have to sell this. Well, show. your neighborhood is dangerous, so you know. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> you know, I am heading to the desert very soon. If a couch <laughs> or a, a chair ever shows up at that house that I purchased, do I have explicit authorization to move her to Florida if uh, if we can't stand the the crime or the taxes? I don't know who's listening out there. I have no idea who what our age audience is, but. It's the saddest thing to think about not being around for your kid and and that someone else will start making those decisions, which may or may not be better than you would have done, but it's all it's a horrible discussion. And my point was to all the relationship people out there, men or women, don't torture somebody when they're in REM sleep. Yeah, I think that was the point that you were trying to make. I mean, this I is... get it. I mean, it's it's a that's a especially as a new mother, like your your mind starts to go places and you you start thinking things that you never even considered before and you have to do it. I mean, I did it too. And uh, I think you and I were just talking about it because I had to pay this gigantic legal bill to do some updates to my life insurance trust. And I was just Ugh, infuriated is... by it. But I remember having to get life insurance as a young, you know, I, I think I, I bought it when I was like 28 or 29. I, I was... I was already married, and I had one child at the time. And oh, uh, it's so crazy. My father's an accountant. And you have to think about those things. Like, My father's an accountant, Marvin, who was the, the basis for Marvin, the accountant on Entourage. Yeah. And since I was like seven, my father would like want to sit down and have talks if something happened to him, where <laughs> you know where things were. And you know, we grew up in a, in a very modest house with not a lot of money. But there's, you know, I just remember there's this there's seven hundred and fifty dollars in cash. <laughs> In, in the jar. drawer <laughs> underneath the socks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and those are conversations that sadly, I guess, need to be had. Not with a seven-year-old, by the way. No, but, and definitely not with a with an eight-week-old. But, yeah. Uh, it is. That's a little. That that feels a little morbid to throw on your seven-year-old uh, to do that. I mean, you just hope that you say, if anything were to ever happen, here's who you should call and here's their number. Yeah. And that's why it brings me to the topic of even though um, – Afterlife, which is one of my favorite shows of the last probably 10 years, Ricky Gervais, yeah, who's dealing with show. the loss of his wife, which he actually, I guess he made the decision for them not to have children. Um, but he's dealing with the grief of losing his wife. And now there's this new show that that apparently you like, which I watched. Well, and I just want to discuss it because I thought it was, and, and you know what, look. It's not even good for me to talk negatively about anything right now because I have to go out and sell a show. And, yes. and someone could be listening that's involved with the show or the network that put on the show. But I watched this shrinking show and honestly thought it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And, and Shrink, Shrinking, you're talking shrinking, about. Shrinking, yeah. With, with uh, Harrison Siegel Ford. And, and Harrison yeah. Ford, yeah. And, and I know um, 
Bill Lawrence, who's who's made fifteen thousand more shows than I have. Um, so God bless him. Is that the is that the creator of yeah, that? Yeah, Bill show? Lawrence created Scrubs yeah. and um, uh, Ted Lasso. I mean, he created Ted Lasso. Oh, sure. I think out. he created Ted Lasso. Or maybe him and Sedegas did it, but they do it together. But anyway, I watched this shrinking show, which um, there's some similar themes to our show, A. Um, there's some very similar themes to Afterlife. Um, and I thought it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I'm in disbelief that you tolerated it. You, and Stock Tip loves it. He's wearing a fucking shrinking shirt in the um, office. You. Uh, you, I, I, you know, we've had these conversations before. You, um, you watch things with a completely different eye. No, I don't. Oh, okay. They either hit me or they don't. It's, no, I, I hear you, but I think, I think you look at things very closely about how things are constructed, how things are written. Well, I, I watch Afterlife and I just suck myself right into it, and I yeah. go, "God damn, I'm in." I'm in well, that's why because if there's a, if it's something great, you're you're in, and you can look past all those things. And if there's a hiccup, you don't, and you start noticing. And when it. I watch a show that tries to put Goodwill Hunting entire Goodwill Hunting story as a sea story in a pilot and resolve it in less than three minutes, I find a problem with that and I don't buy any of it. But I didn't buy any of it from the opening with him with hookers in the pool in the suburban neighborhood and the really understanding neighbor. Oh, I know my I know my uh, my best friend. Yeah, we thought I thought he was like autistic or something was going on. He did. Yeah, in the beginning, I was like, why is this guy up at three in the morning blasting Billy Joel? With yeah, two no, hookers, with hookers the in the suburban neighborhood. But the the understanding neighbor is like, you know, who's probably going to be best friends with his dead wife is just like, come on, you can't do this. You're yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'd like to see that neighbor. But everything about it felt so fake. Did you laugh while you were watching this? Or did I laugh? I don't think I laughed. Uh, Did you cry? There may have been there may have been one moment where I kind of chuckled at something, but I can't. I, to be very honest with you, I can't remember it. Um, Did you I, I just remember? At- I just remember. Here, here's the here's what my thing is. There are certain people that I just like to watch on screen. Hmm. Harrison Ford is one of them. Yeah. Jason Siegel's another one of them. I, I, I like them both, so I kind of give them a pass. There was this mo- There's a moment in the show uh, where Jason Siegel makes some reference to um, a vampire. Yeah, so you like that from forgetting no, Sarah Marshall. It, but it was like it was almost like taking taken right out of Sarah Marshall. And that took me out of the show for a minute. I really so, I was watching it and again, I these people are all wildly successful. God bless them. Yeah, They've no. done great work that I like and Sarah Marshall I like and how I met your mother is a, a, a fine sitcom. I watch the show and I'm like, I, I don't know if Jason Siegel knows how to act anymore. He's he's pretending to be Woody Allen or Albert Brooks or one of these neurotic characters that we've seen a thousand times before. But it feels so ridiculously, absurdly fake. Hmm. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. But again, this is why people have their opinions. Stock tip Dave wants to go to the the shrinking fan club and yeah, sign up. I, and and I, all I said, I think I think we fall into three now if we're counting Dave as part of this we're, we fall into three camps. Dave's the extreme on, on one side. You're the I, I'm not gonna watch this ever again episode. No, no, I'm and, gonna do more than not watch it again. I'm gonna hold signs up when I drive around <laughs> talking about how much I hate this show. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably watch the next episode and see what happens and give it a give it a shot to let it go. It's, it uh, it makes me hard to 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 talk to you. I, mean, I know. I, 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 gotta I, I don't want I don't want you to lose respect. And for my me. friend who's a writer is he told me to watch it. I was very high when he told me. He said <laughs> to hate watch this show, but I forgot that he said that. So when I was watching, he said to hate watch it. Yeah, he uh-huh. goes because he he thought like me that this was one of the worst things he's ever seen. Uh-huh. And when he uh, when I started watching it. I forgot that he told me to hate watch it. And I was getting so angry because, again, they're like, just compare Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen in our show to yeah. Harrison Ford and them. No, no, in no. That it's show. a totally it's, different it's, dynamic. No, no, I'm not saying different. One's good and one's bad. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm not talking about so, different. It, it's, okay, it's different, different could be that one's really broad and funny. And, yeah, I get you know. it. So, anyway, I, what a show I would like you to watch, which apparently you didn't get to last night because I found it hilarious, was Special Forces on Fox. Yeah, I mean, it's like a network survivor show where but they put celebrities is, in, in, a, in a Navy SEAL situation. You know, I haven't watched a lot of Survivor, so I, maybe it is similar. I don't know, but they're, they're training for Navy SEALs. And Dr. Drew, who I, I did his podcast, very, very nice guy. I mean, he's training in 103 degrees, and, yeah, and he's, he's having like heat 60 stroke. something years old. But I, I, I was like concerned. Is he? Is, is Doctor Drew that old now? Probably. Dave, yeah. can we find out how old Doctor Drew Pinsky is? Yeah. So, but anyway, that what's Mike crazy Piazza, is I was I was listening to his show with Adam Carolla back in the early and mid 90s. Yeah. Uh. So and and I actually saw a, a, a meme on Instagram yesterday. Somebody said, 
yeah, that happened like 30 years ago. And and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, in the 70s. They're like, no, no, 1993. That's, that's so <laughs> scary. So Dr. Drew is 64 years old. Yeah, 64. He's, and there's uh, also another TV show that came out that is terrible. They re- tried to reboot that 70s show for that 90s show. It's oh, so yeah. bad. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the first I, one. I, you I'm know what? I've never seen that one. '70s show. I've never, never seen in my it life. Either. Never one frame. I'm not. I'm not commenting on it because I've never seen it. Um, it just. It never looked interesting to me. So, but um, I just saw they they did not bring back the show reboot. Hulu canceled it, which I oh. also did not like at all. But um, Wait, which is that? Um, that was the um, one of my favorites, Judy Greer, who I actually uh, got. Her first job was kissing a fool, and uh, oh. you know I saw her at a wedding a couple of months ago, and she still graciously thanks me for beginning her career, which would wow. have happened anyway. That's she's, nice. She's a genius, and she's great in the show. And there's a lot of great actors in the show. I just didn't, I didn't like it. And again, had similar themes to this show. So when I see that, and everyone has to know, I've been like this since I was a kid. This isn't, you know, and I actually used to get in fights with people and and take them away from guardianships when I have arguments like this because people when Uh-oh. I was younger used to say you're too critical. Or then when I started working in the business. Oh, no, you watch it very differently. I do not. When I get into proper movies, good or bad, whatever it is, when I fall in love with a piece of material, I don't think about how it's being shot or this and that. I'm just immersed like anybody else. And when something takes me out of it, and again, that's not to say you people shouldn't watch Shrinking, but I just want you to know if any of you like Shrinking, don't talk to me. I cannot be friends with someone who likes that show. I yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't made up my mind on whether I like it or not. I, yeah. I'm not repulsed by You're just it. Not angry in, in the way. Yeah, I'm not as angry, angry about it. I'm but, angry, and yeah. I'm angry about all. And and it it gets into our show. Like what's going on with Ramble on, which again, everybody hear me roar. Take it for what you want to start worth. talking about our show before yeah. we talk about all the other shows we've been discussing or worth or we're talking. About. I mean, if you have another show to talk about, but I just wanted to say this one thing: I will put our half hour, hopefully the following episode. I'll put it up against any thirty-minute show that's been on the air in the last five years. I have not seen anything in the last year of watching television that even remotely touches what I think we've done. And again, this is not me being too close to it. This is not. I am very no, capable so of being objective and fair and. That's not to say that everybody's going to love it, um, but I don't think there's anything in our show that anyone on the planet would watch and go, that is so fucking stupid that I can't even comprehend it. Like taking this this <laughs> juvenile delinquent and solving all his problems in a half of therapy sessions with a fucking idiot. That doesn't bother you. You're like, oh, that makes sense. That, that, no, that works for I, me. I, there are certain things that I, like, that's why I say I think you have a different eye, which I, there's, that's not I a criticism. All right. And ears. Um, <laughs> That's not any criticism. Uh, I, I you you watch sense. you watch things with a different with a different eye, and I think you're right to watch them. And when you say them, I notice them more than I did. Well, I want you to watch it again. I watch Dave it. Too, I watch it. Dave, and, our relationship and, and is on shaky it, ground right now. And I see the way it's playing out, but I I'm not as bothered by it because I I, I kind of just let things happen. Like it's very rare um, for me. And we we actually discussed this a few weeks ago. There's only been two movies. Like, I'm pretty much the kind of guy, like, if you turn out the lights and put popcorn in my lap, I'll sit and watch anything. Yeah. Uh, there's only two movies that I that I walked out of. Um, they weren't at my that, – that wasn't my call to walk out of them. The people I was with yeah. were like, we're leaving. And I was like, all right, well, you're my ride, so I got to go. <laughs> um, and they were unbelievably good movies what in movies? the end that I really enjoyed. What movies? Uh, the first was, I told you, was Fargo. Okay, let's let just. I have go, a friend. Go Wait, slow. I'm going slow. But halfway through, he he looked at me and was like, "I can't understand a word they're saying. This is fucking ridiculous. Now, how I have dumb to go." Is this person. I don't think they're dumb at all. It was just like you know what? If if you, I I could see where they were coming from. It was I, I can't because I actually, I enjoy. I, listen, that movie. I've probably seen that movie now eighty times in my yeah. life. It's a great movie. But the first time, especially then, you had to kind of adapt to it. It was, you know, it was it's, something it's, to make a fu- transition. It's funny to. that you say Fargo because on my high school chat, which is like 12 of my best friends from elementary school and on, we still abuse one guy about Fargo. Why? Because he talked about how stupid it was. And oh. and similar thing happened when I saw Raising Arizona with like this whole group of elementary school friends. And this is before, yeah, you know, Raising before Arizona. I'm really a filmmaker and before I realized the cones are, are geniuses and all this stuff. But I'm in this theater and one by one, 
People are leaving. People are my friends are leaving, and I am like, you're like, what the hell's going on here? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm an angry guy. Yeah. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, are you stupid? And 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 I've always been that guy though that I'll fight over movies that I love, and when I see them, and again, I'm smart enough to realize everybody has their own opinion. With the shrinking thing, there is no opinion. It's stolen from so many other things and done so poorly that it's not debatable. Raising Arizona, I can get if you go. You know what? I get it. It's not my sensibility. It's not this. It's that. I knew the first time I saw the Coen brothers, though, when I saw Blood Simple. I just said, God damn. Like, I didn't understand filmmaking at the time. I just said, these people are just so good. And, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold everything up to that. Do do you have a favorite Coen brothers movie? You know what? That's so tough to say because I really love them so much. Um, Raising Arizona is definitely up there in the, in the comedy department, but I love them all. Miller's Crossing is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, Blood Simple, God, again, as a Miller's small Crossing. movie, is, is what, incredible. Was that, but, was that out in the 90s, Miller's um, Crossing? 25 probably years ago? in the 90s. Yeah. Barton Fink. I mean, there are lines yeah, that Fink. I... Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, of course, is yeah. just like... I mean, yeah, I, I can watch them every day, but yeah. Barton Fink, like, I still remember I still lines. love No Country for Old Men, I think, is my in- favorite. Incredible, yeah. incredible. And, and that's a movie, though, where people were really... No, it was a very polarizing movie. The ending of that movie, people lost their minds. And, you know, like it's very not traditional to let the, the hero of the movie be killed. Yeah. And it's. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's 20 <laughs> years old. But I mean, like, um, Javier, like, I think it was. No, he won. He won. It might have been the first time I ever saw him, but it was one yeah. of the most terrifying characters. And, you know, but I mean, there's, you know, I cast. Him in Entourage, but in Raising Arizona, I mean Goodman and and William Forsythe. That's two of the best comedy duos of all time. And when they, I mean, me and my friends, we still say lines from these movies yeah, all the time. Like, course. you got any balloons that blow up into funny shapes? And the and the guy who works the counter is like, well, not unless you think round Sounds is funny. funny, you know. I mean, but it's it's every moment of it. And Barton Fink had a line before I was really even in the business. When Michael Lerner, who I also was lucky enough to get onto Entourage, yeah. says, uh, "You need a writer, throw a rock in here." And you're going to hit one and do me a favor, throw it hard, hard yeah. you know? So, I, I mean, Cone Brothers are up there as the best ever. And, and my yeah. friend Paul Schneider, who's a lawyer and a successful guy, he still talks about it as such an awful movie. And oh. it's it it does affect the relationship. I'm not going to lie. When I look at somebody who watches <laughs> like, Fargo. You fucking loser. Yeah, and says that's terrible. <laughs> I get it, though, if you have to see it a couple of times. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I read the book Wise Guy, which Goodfellas is based on. Yeah. I read it twice, years before the movie yeah, came out. Yeah, me too. And I saw the movie. I was lucky enough to go to the premiere of that movie when I was young. I remember the, I remember the story. And I, it's not that I did not like Goodfellas the first time I saw it. I just was it disappointed. Was a, it was a departure from the book. Well, I was disappointed that they didn't go into some of the details that I wanted. And I think what I realized is I just loved it so much. I wanted, like, Goodfellas could have been 50 hours, and I would have sit there and oh, watched. Oh, yeah. If, if they would have turned that into a five-season, 10, 10 episodes per season, we, we would have sat and watched Yeah, it. and Scorsese, by the way, is, is similar also. Uh, every time I see his movies the first time, I like them. The more I watch them, the more better. I grow. Yeah. Now, with shrinking, that won't happen. I promise you. <laughs> like, if, I, if someone forces me to sit uh. through that garbage again... I will not like it any better because I just see the I see the the hand of the writer everywhere you turn. I see them taking things from so many other places and doing them them poorly, and uh, it 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 upsets me. So. Yeah, I, I get so it. Well, I've been watching. Uh, I, I mean, I think you. I think we've talked about this before. That show Fauda from Israel. Yeah, it's incredible. And the fourth season came out yeah. uh, last last week. I think. Yeah. Um, did you make it through started, the fourth season? I didn't make I didn't make it through the whole season yet. I've, I think I've seen the first two episodes. Yeah. And that's you know that's an interesting show because you know I'm not a guy who's looking at bad. You know the show that first season was definitely a very inexpensive show, and their budgets are clearly going up. Yeah, um, but it's that's phenomenal. Yeah, it's a phenomenal show. So, so if if you haven't seen it, check that out. Yeah, that's on Netflix. Out. All right. So should we should we talk about our lives as they're, as they're falling apart or what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> when you put it like that, I mean, how can you so, resist? Ramble on. We have now, which I don't, I don't want to mention any names on the show, but we have. Uh, it's been the most bizarre experience of my life. I wrote a show that understood this business extremely well, and and what I've realized, which I might have mentioned this on the last Ramble on that documentary I told you to watch, uh, Jurassic Punk, which is excellent, and everybody should watch it about the guy who basically 
started the computer generation with Jurassic Park. He was the one who figured out how to make the dinosaur look really real without models, with computers, and has changed the entire film business. But he's an interesting guy. And Is that on Netflix? Uh I, you know what? I just put search in Apple TV and it finds huh. it, whatever thing is. Okay. But I told you about this already. You ignored me, I guess. But anyway, it's fantastic. I didn't remember where, whether, where, uh, where it was seen. Yeah. Well, on Apple search, you can just search and it'll take you to the thing. But anyway, okay. what he says in that is when you're out of the business, you're out of the business. And I was in the business for 25 years with agents. And, and sometimes I feel like I'm Willie Loman when I talk about this. I've had agents, some of the biggest agents in town, literally encircle my car to not let me leave a spot because they wanted to make sure I wasn't firing them. And I've had agents act in ways like that are so desperate and pathetic that I, I can't, I hope I, I would never act like that in my life. But now I am unrepresented. I do not have an agent and it really is a, a different thing. And we've gotten, we've spoken during this show, to some of the biggest people in this town, biggest. who have all responded extremely favorable to this show, yep, and but then they have not followed through on the things that they say they're going to do. True, and we also we showed this show to a giant production company. I walked in and gave an hour pitch, and they said, "Let's do this." And they sent paperwork over to our attorneys, and haven't heard and from them since. They got a, a counter offer, which is this standard procedure, and and we've not heard anything since. I had a very good friend of mine, who I will not mention his name, but he's a jerk off, who watched the show and called me at three o'clock in the morning, and he's like, "Do not do anything with like with this until we talk." Next four days, every day, he's telling me not to show it to anybody else. He's getting his company to make an offer and this and that and that. Then he just evaporated. And, like, I don't know exactly what is happening behind the scenes, but, like I said, and this show may never see the light of day, it's, it's possible. But everybody, with the exception of a couple of people, who've, who've given their – their thoughts, and I thought they were stupid, but most people have, <laughs> have really loved it. Not like, oh, it's okay. But anyway, so now I have another very good friend who's produced dozens of big films and television who loves it, and he is represented by one of the bigger agencies that we have not spoken to yet. Um, and um, actually, we did speak to them because last week <laughs> we had a conference call, and this is like what you got to know about the humiliations that they put you through this business that you have to somehow find your way through. But they set a call, and we are waiting. I'm on a Zoom sitting there, you know. And uh, right as the call is about to happen, they say, uh, they're just landing in Paris. Can you, can you back up 20 minutes? Sure, no problem. Yeah, we'll back up. I sit there like a douchebag for 20 minutes, and 20 minutes later, they said they need to reschedule the call. Okay? I'm like, all right. I'm annoyed to start with, and then I get an email. They would like to reschedule the call for February 23rd. Okay? This was two <laughs> weeks ago. So they would like to reschedule the call for five weeks from now. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just, I've, I've had enough of this. Anyway, some, somehow somebody must have spoke to somebody, and they then rescheduled the call for two days later. Yeah. Okay. I prepare again. It's a Zoom. I get my hair ready. I, you know, put a little makeup <laughs> on, and uh, I get ready for the Zoom. And they come on the Zoom, and they have not watched the show that they've had for over three weeks. They just didn't watch it. So we get on this Zoom call, and you might have been annoyed with me, Ted. But and I understand right now we're nowhere. I wasn't annoyed. I have no income coming in from anywhere. I have no representation. Nor do, nor do I. But they're like, "Could you tell us about the show?" And I said. Huh? And they said, tell us like what it is. I said, no, you have it. It's 24 minutes. Go watch it. I don't need to tell you anything. I'll, if you have questions after that, I'm happy to answer it, but I'm certainly not going to tell you what you have sitting in your box that, by the way, instead of delaying our call for 20, uh, 20 minutes the first time, Just you watch could have watched it. <laughs> So anyway, that was a little uncomfortable. And uh, also the weird thing is, is one of those agents was my agent for years, years ago. And like the Jurassic Punk guy said, when you're out of the business, you're out of the business. Because we got on the, on the first call and I was like, hey, like never met you. hey, how you doing? He was like, <laughs> what's happening? And I was like, I, I actually asked you, I go, maybe this is a different, I'm not going to mention his name. Maybe this is a different, because it's a common Jewish name. I know we run the business and own it. But it was, I said, maybe it's Schmuggle a. Yeah, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe it was a different Schmuggle Feigelbaum. Um, but but um, he just had no interest in talking to me. But anyway, last night we got the email from the whole group that they love the show. 
and they want to be involved. And I hope now we're moving forward, even though it's now noon the next day and nothing's happened yet. But anyway. And I already followed up with them this morning to figure out when we're having our launch call and sh- so, final strategy so, April moments. 12th? <laughs> when is that going to be? <laughs> they said Memorial Day weekend. Good yeah. for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, hopefully, so that is going to move forward. And, and that's where we're at. I have... The second episode done, the third episode in pretty good shape, and a whole pitch and Bible ready to go. And I hope that in the month of February, we're going to all the streamers, and they will either say yes or no, and that will yeah. be the end of it. And uh, I hope so, too. Hopefully, if they say no, Ted would still like to be the guardian of my child, because I will kill myself if nobody wants this. I mean, I have to, right? Like, what else is there to do at that point? Can I ask, maybe we can do a, a like a joint suicide maybe some, we can get a, a, a know, deal on a it? deal on two nooses yeah. and uh i don't think i'd then, hang myself. and then each of our insurance policies can go to Laura and Sir and they can raise the baby together as a i don't think as I'd, a straight i don't think i'd hang same myself. sex couple i don't think i'd hang i myself. would never hang myself I think I'd probably go into one of the agencies, like throw out some weapons to them, like you know, like Ari Just did shoot me. with the paintball gun. No, I mean I'd like suicide by agent <laughs> oh, oh, or suicide Hollywood. By like yeah, I'd, sweet. I'd walk in, I'd give them something, but I'd get a couple first. You know what I'm saying? Oh, a chance for them to fire back. Is what you're saying? <laughs> I'd give them a shot. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this isn't a too violent of an episode to ramble on. But uh, you know, I, I I would like to do the special forces with you though. I think. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you that like, I think I can handle we it. We go and we do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking no. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm don't want to. You don't want to fall backwards out of a helicopter into well, a, an I, ocean. I just here's the here's the uh, here's the thought that I had about that. And look, the Navy SEAL thing because you're you're in a situation of like combat. Uh, but the notion of like staying up like a lot in a <laughs> row, you know, being exhausted. I do that every freaking day of my life. Why? So. Well, as you know, I have sleep apnea. Oh, that's right. That's true. And uh, and but so, so you'd be fine though. That might not no. Affect but you that but part. the notion is like, if if I'm stuck like in some remote location in a swamp, you know, my up to my nipples in water, like I'm gonna either survive or die. Like I'm not sure what training is gonna do for me, <laughs> depriving me of sleep for three weeks, and then go here try now. It's like all right, well. So you don't want to test can... yourself unless there's real combat. Do you want to go to real combat? We could join the army. Actually, they wouldn't take us at this age. Maybe they would. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I don't know if you. Well, we've talked about it a little bit, but uh, you know, I started taking flying lessons. Yes, I know. So now I'm flying. And uh, by the way, not great for the guardianship. Got to be honest. With you. <laughs> well, if if worse came to worse, that that was the requirement. I I guess maybe I would give it up. But the reality would, is, wait, you would wait. This but, is, wait, but I just on. want. But I just want to let you know that I think it's a. I think it's a life skill to be able to fly a plane. Well, Tom Cruise, it saved him, you know, yeah. in in Maverick. But wait, hold on. So I'm just saying, you would I think let me would... give you restrictions if you agreed to be the guardian of my child if something, God forbid, happened to me. Yeah, listen, I'm a very, I'm a very communal person. If I said no I think fried you, foods. I think you knew that. No more you... fried foods, Ted. None. Yeah, that would probably not <laughs> so, work out. So, yeah, well. so these restrictions are already going down. But the track. Um, thirty minutes of cardio five days a week. That, yeah, that, that I can do. I did thirty yesterday. The question is, what happens if you don't meet the restriction? Then what? Like, I well, think. the good the good news is, is you don't get to do anything at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's you're so gone. Depressing. It's so depressing. <laughs> um, but uh, I believe in learning new skills, and I believe in and challenging yourself. You know, as you know, like I've. I've hated flying for. Yeah. I used to love. But this flying. is what the special forces show is: overcoming fears. Yeah, but I'm not really sure that I have a fear of like, like doing 40 chin-ups. You no, know, but it's in like dropping. To do like I said, dropping backwards out of a helicopter into the ocean. I mean, I don't know if I could do that. I really don't. I was watching them do it, and like, you know, if you know a few. Good, is it is it uh, like with a parachute, or they just fall no, no, into no, the into no, the water? Falling in, it's like it's probably 20 feet, but I guess. I don't know if you have to do it backwards because you'll get sucked into the rep- I have no idea, but you have to, they drop backwards, like one of those trust tests where you do yeah. with your friend. Oh, like, test falls. Yeah, except this is into the ocean. And like like um, an officer and a gentleman, if you remember that movie, which is also a great movie you should watch, From Lou Gossett. 35 years ago. Lou Gossett won the Oscars, probably more than that. But yeah. Richard Gere and Lou Gossett Jr. won the Oscar for it. And uh, there's that scene that's pretty famous where, uh, where Richard Gere is going, I got nowhere else to go. Yeah. I got nowhere else to go. So Kate, Kate, 
plus eight or whatever it is, which I did a joke about her on Entourage, but I don't remember uh, exactly what it was. But she had a, like a neck injury, and the doctor was basically telling her she was going to have to leave, and she was basically doing the scene. But like, I, I don't want to go. go. <laughs> I don't want to go. So uh, I definitely don't want to get humiliated like that on television because I, I don't know that I could make it through this. But it's about overcoming fears as well as the obviously the crazy physical yeah. strains and stuff. I can say that it, these are the first the f- the first few lessons that I've taken. Th- these are the first flights I've done completely sober. Sober in twenty. Oh, you mean twenty five years? You've been a passenger. Yeah, when I'm a passenger on a like a commercial airliner, I'm drinking or yeah, you know, yeah, you're not drinking whatever. for your lessons. That's that was no, I'm not. I'm okay. doing nothing. Yeah. I, and and I took my boys, my two sons, because uh, they they were the ones that wanted to do this. Um, I wanted to do it for about fifteen years, yeah. and I just never did it. Mostly, probably for for the reasons we're talking about, I had young, very young children. Yeah. Now my youngest is fifteen. So um, if you put him in the ocean, it's fine. I mean, it's yeah. I, well, we're flying these these. So this plane's amazing. Uh, it's made by a company called Cirrus. Mm-hmm. You should definitely check it out on YouTube. the The whole plane has a parachute. So if you're like if you're in a jam that you can't get out of, yeah. you literally just pull a ripcord. It's like right up right above your head on the ceiling. You pull is the T down engine? and. Yeah, single engine, turboprop. It's also it's a it's an amazing. You know, Scott plane. Lavin, who super small, by the way. I mean, I how's this? My I I've got a Cadillac Escalade. It's bigger than the plane yeah, by a lot. I, I've been on him. Scott Lavin, who I, I based a character on that Scott Con played on Entourage, is my buddy uh, from childhood, and he from Tulane actually. He uh, has flown forever, and it's weird how your fears actually get worse as you get older. I used to fly with him all the time. I wouldn't get in a fuck. I mean, he's a lunatic. I wouldn't get in a plane <laughs> with this guy for all the money in the world. He's right a lunatic now. in the plane, or he's just a lunatic in life. He doesn't drive stupidly in the plane, but he's a lunatic in life. He's a guy who just you yeah, know you, you don't know what he's going to do next. You don't know what he's going to do next, and I'm not sure. Like for instance, you know, to, to imagine this: when we had when when we had young children, we were in Nantucket at Body by Jake's house. By the way, it was. The most beautiful house in Nantucket. And we're all there, and I like at 7 a.m. We got young kids, you know, and the, the wives have the kids, and I'm like, let's go for a bike ride before everyone gets up. 7 a.m. We go. It's Nantucket. It's a small little island. Yep. We go, and about 8 30, I'm like, all right, we should probably head back and, you know, be with the family and the kids. He's like, I'm just going to keep going for a little bit. He came back at 7 p.m. <laughs> From okay? 7 a.m.? 7 a.m. And that's standard <laughs> issue behavior for him. And yeah, everyone was like, job. you know, and everyone was like, besides his wife and uh, me, everyone was like, do you, do you think something happened right? to him? Like, and, and it's not like... <laughs> and you guys are all like, no, 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 we'll be lucky if we see him for three days. And it's not like he's at the club or doing something wrong. He just, he lives in some fantasy world. And I remember, by the way, we're interesting that we're talking about this. Oh fantasy world where there's no consideration for any other human beings that you're with? <laughs> I'm just remembering his wife going crazy because he didn't have life insurance while he was flying around this fucking plane. And now it's hitting me now. So anyway, I shouldn't say that because he's definitely got his life insurance and he's definitely taking care of his kids and he's a great person and great friend. But, yes. but I'm not going and flying with him or you, by the way. I oh, mean, really? You wouldn't go flying with me? No, I will not. Now that I have a young child, I will not go flying until she's twenty-one. God willing, I'm still here. No, and like for the only reason I'm getting in a plane is if it's to get somewhere, um, and it's going to be with a, which you don't know what those pilots are like either. I mean, we've seen drunk pilots arrested on major airlines. That's, That's true. Probably the scariest thing in the world. But I don't like single-engine planes. I think they're crazy. I appreciate this parachute idea, but I yeah. saw last week. I think you sent me the video. It was a uh, uh, was a hang glider or paraglider with his instructor, and the guy forgot to strap him Congressman. in. Congressman, yeah, yeah, well, that's a that's so. A... And you're watching a 90 seconds of this man in terror who ripped both his bicep muscles off, holding on for dear life, holding on to this guy. I, I I don't. Yeah, you don't need it. That doesn't seem fun to me. Like yeah, making well, a pilot with no fucking with no uh, you know no parachute whatsoever. That seems like the most here's, risky. Here's I what I do know. Uh, these planes in particular, the reason why I chose them, because I am uh, I, I am somebody who's been afraid to do it, I chose this plane versus the other planes because of that. It's got, first of all, the, the smaller planes have a great glide ratio, which means you could literally lose all power and you can glide for m- many, many miles uh, to, to solve it. But this parachute thing is pretty much, uh, my instructor gave me the statistic that uh, it's, been a, it's been pulled 100 times in the lifespan of the the, the the production of this plane, yeah. uh, and zero fatalities. So <laughs> you're talking about a pretty safe operation of yeah. something. See, that- I rude, I hope for like two or three fatalities. So you can go, yeah, it's probably not going to happen again. I'm not into like, <laughs> oh, they've never had one, and now let's uh, go. They also make, they also make a, 
a single engine jet that also has a parachute, and that plane is awesome. Yeah, I'm not uh, into any small of this. small plane, but I, and I've never been into small planes. I've hated, I hate all planes. I, I don't, I don't like being on an A380. I wish I could remember who this comedian was. It's got to be 35 years ago, but I always remembered this joke. I actually, you know, which is terrible to say, but I, I stole it a couple of times on stage because sometimes, like, if things aren't going well, you just need a laugh. So yeah, I would do it. But he he would talk about that, the you know. People fear of flying, and they always say, you know, more people are uh, killed slipping in their bathtub than in plane crashes, which apparently is true. Yeah. But he'd always say, yeah, but when I slip in the bathtub, I don't burst into a fireball. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I just, I have no, I don't find anything fun about flying. I mean, um, no, I, I, I'm not doing, for me, I'm not doing it for fun. I'm doing it to learn the skill and to be better prepared and to hopefully conquer the, because, the notion of me being like a seventy or eighty year old person who has to like get stone drunk to be on a flight is it's that's gonna wear out. Yeah, no, that's um, not a good idea. Right now so, I'm trying to conquer the fear of raising a an infant yeah, that, without my, a guardian. My, my friend, you're not gonna be able to get over that one. So I'm, I'm there just, are no there are no lessons that's or that's what I am doing right now. So all right, uh before we wrap this up, you got I know you always give positivity. Give the real thing. I talk to a lot of young writers, I talk to a lot of people in this business. They always think I'm like I say the same thing. I spoke to one yesterday, great kid who's actually doing stand-up since he's like 16 years old. But he's like, give me advice. And the first thing I always say to people is, unless you can't do anything else, do something else. Because you will always, even now, three months ago, not, not three months ago, 10 months ago before I knew I was having a child, like I wanted the show to go because I loved doing it. But yeah. I didn't need it to go. I wasn't worried. Yeah, about now you're money. like, I gotta get this. Yeah, to, now I'm to back go. to like being a 22 year old. I gotta like dress up to get on a Zoom with some fucking hack agent, and I gotta pretend like I, I believe that they know anything more than anybody else, which they don't. Yeah, it's like it's really irrelevant what they think. It only matters what the guy who can write a checkbook thinks. No, That's you're right. It. You're right. You're right but, about all of it. But the truth is, it's like get into this business only if you can't do anything else and you really, really love it. So. All honesty, straightforward. What's your feeling of the next eight weeks of where we are with this show? My feeling is people are going to see it and love it. My feeling is is that we're going to have more than one interested suitor. Um, suitor. And I believe that we're going to have some tough choices to make. That's, that's what I believe. Do you think there's any chance we got a buyer on the hook and then it turns out they're all involved with shrinking and they go, fuck you guys. Is that possible? Do we edit just that as a out joke? Of this? Just as a joke? Well, no, or real. I, I first of all, uh, you I'm the one who I'm the one who's paid for this thing, <laughs> and I didn't say fuck that show. I I've I enjoyed the show, and I'm I'm willing to give it more episodes. I don't know that I'm going to watch it to its completion because in the end, there's a lot of stuff, you know, distractions in life. But um, I need to watch so The Last of Us. I hear is very good. Yeah, I've been I've been wanting to do it. You know, I'll be honest with you. My new sort of mo. I don't. I don't watch shows that are weekly. I just yeah. I, you want to binge? I, I want. I want to binge it. I want to you know knock it out in two or three days and see the whole season. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know, uh, I don't know if we talked about this. Uh, I just finished. Fleischman is in trouble. Yep. Um, I've seen it. Looks good. It it's good, but it's also it's tough. It's sad. It's about a divorce and a yeah. family breaking apart, and so uh, it, it's it's heavy. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it, and you know. Jesse Eisenberg is one of those actors who I, I kind of I just want to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think he's got a good presence. He's got a funny sensibility about him. Did I ever um, tell you this about Jesse Eisenberg? No. So, <laughs> I'm at Joe's Pizza on Bleecker Street, New York. The best slice of pizza in the country, probably. Slice. Single slice. slice. Open, I don't even know, maybe 24 hours. But it's amazing. Okay. Joe's no, Pizza I've never been there, I don't think. Okay. Oh, it's the best. Carmine and Bleecker. And I'm there, and it was like, Two months earlier, I'd, I'd, I'd broken up with my ex-girlfriend after seven years. And I'm standing outside eating a pizza, and here comes my ex-girlfriend's brother, who I always liked, very nice guy. Oh. But he's just like, he's got glasses on, and he's just looking right through me, right at me, and he's walking. And I'm like, What's I mean, about to and I didn't have a bad breakup, but it felt like. He was about to come up and punch you in the yeah, face. Yeah, we about to fight. <laughs> and I was like, so then I go into the mode of like, What's up, motherfucker? You know, which is weird. And I just stare this guy down, and we are just like, as he's walking at me, almost like Reservoir Dog slow motion. He comes mm. walking at me, and then he pulls off the glasses. 
It was Jesse Eisenberg. It wasn't the it wasn't the, the brother. ex's brother. Oh, now I don't. For they, all I know, do they look that similar? That they you do. They do look similar. Really? For, for all I know, he wasn't even looking at me, and he was in his sunglasses, and I have no idea. But, <laughs> but you just said, "What's up, motherfucker?" Oh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it out loud. I gave him the look like, "What's up, motherfucker?" Which actually, it happened once before. Last story, but good, good Hollywood story because um. But what what was his reaction? Did he have? A I didn't say anything. We just kind of stared at each other. And I was like ready. I was literally ready to take my pizza and like smush it in his. Face, but nothing happened. And he he probably has no recollection what a of the waste event. of a slice. Yeah, if I ever beat him, I'll be like, "Were you were you looking at me or, or not?" You know, and I'm stupid like that because I'll be very clear. I don't consider myself tough, but I don't back down either. And like once upon a time, weirdly enough, outside of Bob Evans' house, the real Bob Evans, who's one of the biggest producers in Hollywood back in the day, and uh, who, yeah, not the breakfast restaurateur. No, but if yeah, we talked about the offer, but Bob Evans yes. and his house is, was around the corner from my house. And yep. one day I'm, I'm walking my two badass big German Shepherds, and this car races 100 miles an hour down the block. And I'm like, what the? And I'm, you know, I'm that idiot. You're angry. I'm like, what the fuck? You know? And uh, all of a sudden it pulls over, and four dudes get out. And I have like, which I should have, I have the option to turn the other way, but I'm like, fuck this. I'm going straight there, and what will be will be. And I just see this fucking guy staring at me, and uh, I'm like, what? What's up? What's up? You know? And he goes, Doug Allen? I'm like, yeah. And it was, it was Joey Crutel. It was my roommate from college um, who was with Brett Ratner, weirdly, who at the time I didn't know Brett. And Brett bought Bob Evans' house, right? So he used to like sort of stay there. They were close friends. And um, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but um, but anyway, I was like, "What's what's up?" And it was right before Entourage actually happened, and uh, and and it was interesting. But I was like, "What the fuck are you guys driving like this for? Like, yeah. slow down. There's kids and this and that." But if they were four of like the people who just shot up my next door neighbor's house, like you I would probably have backed down so, or you would have kept so going. So my other teaching lesson is besides don't get into this business, just. Don't be a tough guy. Shut the fuck up. Take my shepherds. Because by the way, I don't even want anything to happen to my shepherds. You know. Yeah. Like, Do I have I mean, to take the shepherds if I'm taking <laughs> the baby? Two cats, two well, dogs, I and uh, yeah. I'll be so, honest with you. I have some restrictions that I uh, need to have named in the contract too. I will be. Uh, I will be. <laughs> the cats are out. I will be contacting your lawyer but, later but, today. But the dogs, I'll take. So anyway, hopefully, hopefully, some good things are coming. I hope, and uh, I hope hopefully, it come to that. spread the word on this podcast and victory the podcast live in Phoenix. Saturday night, a week from a week from Saturday. Where are we right now? Yeah, we yeah, a week from you're, Saturday. You're about twelve days out. Super Bowl weekend. We are live in Phoenix. Dylan Connolly and hopefully Jerry Ferrara, if we can get him to come. Oh, um, yep. We're talking. We're, we're talking to him. We'll see if we can make that happen. But anyway, if you're in Phoenix, listen to it. If anybody's interested in uh, the behind the scenes of this show or or just Ted and I rambling about nothing, um, tell them to listen to this podcast. All right. Thanks. Ramble. Ramble.